Where you live shouldn't determine what kind of care you get if you're diagnosed with an illness like cancer. Shouldn't, but it does. Living close to a cancer care centre or an urban centre with newer medical developments, I mean, all of that does make a difference. So for World Cancer Day this year, the theme is closing that care gap and promoting medical equity. So how is that going to be done? Well, joining us now to talk more about it is Dr. Craig Earle, CEO of the Canadian Partnership Against Cancer. Dr. Earle, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Simi. Okay, let's talk about this. What kind of medical inequity do we see when it comes to getting treatment for cancer? Well, you know, we see in uh, actually all throughout healthcare, whenever new interventions are brought into uh, the healthcare system, they can sometimes actually or often actually worsen disparities in the sense that it'll tend to be educated, wealthy, urban people who take them up uh, and access them uh, first. So even though everyone may benefit, um, you can actually see the gaps widen. And so, you know, some of the approaches to take to this are to try to what, what we call building equity by design into um, new interventions. Uh, For example, one of the uh, big pushes right now is to start uh, lung cancer screening and programs are just starting to get up and running. And for example, in Saskatchewan, um, they're planning to start their lung cancer screening program in the north of the province. It's not necessarily the easiest place to start a new program. You'd start it in Regina, but the need is greater uh, in the north, higher smoking rates, higher lung cancer rates. So by serving the underserved first, it's a way to approach um, dealing with inequities. Oh, that's really interesting. And also, I guess the pandemic had an impact on this too, right? Because we saw, you know, like, let's say pharmacists being able to do more here. Yeah, uh, same thing in Ontario, which is where uh, I practice. So uh, affecting the scope of, of practice. One example, I think, where the pandemic made us do some things that can actually benefit the healthcare system going forward. Um, we were working with paramedic groups uh, prior to the pandemic uh, to have trained paramedics be able to deal with uh, patients and provide palliative care in their home as opposed to always having to transfer them to hospital. And what we had been finding was that about 50% of the time, the paramedics were able to deal with the issue, treat the, the patient and keep them in their home. And so, of course, when the pandemic struck, the value of this you know, multiplied uh, many times because now vulnerable patients weren't having to be brought to the hospital where potentially they could be exposed to uh, COVID. But also importantly, um, it freed up the emergency departments and the, the hospitals and, uh, you know, to be able to deal with, with other patients. So this is something that, uh, for example, in BC was expanded when the, the pandemic struck and is an example of the type of thing uh, where we need to keep the momentum going and uh, keep expanding. It sounds like we're talking about more of a, almost like a decentralization when it comes to treatment. And I guess that works provided everybody has the information, right? Right. Uh, So information and the uh, providers who are able to do it. So Um, For example, uh, another area where BC is actually very much a leader is in training um, family physicians to become what are called general practitioners in oncology and able to um, 
supervised chemotherapy in less urban settings, be able to do cancer follow-up, uh, et cetera, so that patients don't have to travel. Um, and it's a way of, uh, you know, the sort of networked care uh, can definitely help with uh, inequities in the form of uh, urban-rural types of divides. That makes so much more sense, though, doesn't it, Dr. Earl? Because people have that connection. Perhaps they have that relationship with their family doctor and then maybe not the case with an oncologist or waiting for a referral. Yeah, there can be many benefits. Um, Nova Scotia is also uh, setting up a a more networked uh, approach to their cancer system. And in particular for Indigenous patients, um, not having to travel Um, being able to, in all likelihood, closer to home, have more culturally appropriate care, perhaps being able to be cared for uh, in their own language, uh, etc. And this works for, I guess, anybody in a a smaller community, not living next to a major or near a major kind of hospital centre. Right. Um, You know, one of the other approaches that, uh, you know, a little bit spurred by the pandemic in in trying to deal with some of the uh, backlogs in cancer care that have come um, several of the the provinces, BC, Ontario, etc., are investing in digital navigation. So as we know, when the pandemic struck, healthcare, you know, became virtual overnight. And there are, uh, you know, video visits and telephone visits and There are pros and cons to this, but it has led to things like many hospitals now having a virtual option for their emergency department. And so instead of waiting in the ER, they're able to have a a virtual visit. But similarly, investing in uh, electronic referrals, consultations, and centralized wait lists so that you're not necessarily at the mercy of waiting uh, for, you know, when's right. the availability for your local surgeon that you've been referred to, um, if you're able to identify that the next available actually is an hour's drive away, well, maybe that's worth it and, and uh, better. So um, a, a way to deal with these sorts of issues. Right. So, Dr. Earl, this all sounds great, and I know many people would love to see this happen, but how close are we to making these things a reality? So some of them are becoming a reality. Um, you know, just yesterday I got notification uh, in my in my clinical part of my job about uh, one of these systems being set up uh, within Toronto. So uh, it's definitely coming in in BC. There's something called RACE, which is rapid access to consultative expertise. Um, so you know, these things are rolling out and right. um, definitely coming. Where can we help, or how can we help? Hmm. Well, you know, there's, uh, I think, as I say, there's lots of good stuff happening and uh, we need to keep momentum. I mean, this is World Cancer Day is really an awareness day. Uh, there's so many other pressing things going on in healthcare, the opioid crisis, mental health, uh, workforce shortages, etc. cetera. Uh, it's keeping uh, a bit of a focus and recognition of the importance of, uh, of cancer and uh, that there's still uh, still challenges to, to be faced, uh, continuing the momentum on some of these innovations that are, are coming and uh, uh, keeping support uh, going in that way. All right. Well, then we will. Dr. Earl, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. My pleasure.